Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory at StevensCreekChurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Stevens Creek Church. Is everybody feeling good today? All right. I'd also like to take the moment to welcome everyone at our South Augusta campus and our Grovetown campus, along with everyone watching online. Thank you so much for being here at church on a Sunday where we are closing out the year together. Hope you all had a great Christmas and it's New Year's Eve. So happy New Year to everyone. Is everybody looking forward to the new year? Excited about the new year? How many people have made resolutions? Anybody make some resolutions? Okay. A few people have made some resolutions. That's good. God's speed in your efforts. Uh, personally, I don't make resolutions. Uh, I'm not really a resolution guy. Uh, I believe in them, and if you want to make them, that's great. But, uh, but t- for me, the failure rate's too high. <laughs> so I figured the best way not to fail at a resolution is just don't make a resolution. But uh, uh, now, now, I, while I don't really make resolutions, one thing I will do is that in the weeks leading up to the new year, the months leading up to the new year, Uh, I always spend some time just in prayer and I ask God to give me a word for the new year, just a word that can encapsulate the new year, a word that that I want to see fulfilled in my life and in my family uh, and in ministry. And and a few weeks ago, as I was spending some time in prayer, asking God to give me this word, I feel like he just dropped this word in my spirit that is my word for the new year. And and so my word for 2024 is, is the word preparation. Preparation, which preparation defined is is just the process of being made ready for use. And I think we would all agree that that we all want to be prepared for whatever comes our way, possibilities, opportunities. But for me, if I can just be transparent for a moment, there are some things coming up in this year that that I'm I'm just kind of holding close to. I'm just kind of holding on to them tightly. And, and, And I've just got some things in my heart that I'm believing for. This upcoming year, I've got some things that I have faith for this upcoming year, some things that I want to see God do in my life and in my family and in my ministry. And and here's what I know is that in order for me to be ready to step into those opportunities, whatever they may be, I've got to undergo some preparation. And I've got to be made ready to step into them. And it's going to require effort and it's going to require work. It's going to require focus on my part for sure. But one thing that I also know that I will need, more so than anything I could apply effort to, is in order to accomplish whatever it is that I'm going to set out to accomplish in 2024, I have got to have the help and the power of God on my side working in me and through me if I'm going to accomplish anything. And the same is true for you. Whatever you want this upcoming year to be, whatever you want this upcoming season of your life to look like, whatever your goals are, whatever it is that you're setting out to accomplish, ever how big, ever how small, one thing I know is is that you need the help and the power of God on your side, working in you and working through you, if you have any hopes of accomplishing anything you're setting out to accomplish. And what I've learned about What I've learned over the years and what I've learned is just as I've grown in my relationship with the Lord is that if I want to be in touch with my heavenly father and I want to have access to his power in my life, prayer is how you do that. Prayer is how you do. Prayer is our access point to God's power. 
Prayer is what puts us in touch and in relationship with our Heavenly Father and gives us access to His power working inside of us. Because there are things that God is calling all of us to do that go beyond our own ability and our own strength and our own wisdom to accomplish them. And we have to have God's power alive inside of us if we're going to accomplish whatever it is that we're setting out to accomplish. Whenever I think about the church, I think about, I think about Pastor Marty, our lead pastor. And, and what I know is that Pastor Marty cannot lead this church. He cannot pastor this church effectively without the help and the power of God on his side. I think about the ministries of the church. And I think, I think about our student ministry. And our student ministry, our, our student pastor, Pastor Drew Williams, who just led us in worship, he cannot effectively lead the student ministry of this church without the help and the power of God on his side. And part of that is because it's filled with middle schoolers. <laughs> Have you met middle schoolers lately? They are wild. And, and half of them smell like Axe body spray. <laughs> and, and, and the other half of them, they, they smell like gym socks and tater tots. I don't make the rules. It's just what they smell like. But listen, Pastor Drew cannot lead them without the help and the power of God on his side. And the same is true for you. Business leaders, business owners, employers, you cannot be the employer that you need to be for the people that, under, that are under your care and your oversight without the help and the power of God on your side. Husbands, You cannot be the husband that your wife, listen to me, desperately needs you to be without God's power alive, working in you and through you. Mothers, you can't be the mother to your children that they need you to be without God's help and without God's power working in you and through you. And prayer is how we do that. Prayer is what connects you and me in relationship to our Heavenly Father and gives us access to God's power working in us. Prayer is what connects us to the supernatural. Did you know that God never intended for you you to live a life that was merely natural? God intended for you to live a supernatural life in relationship with Him, in touch with His power working through you. And prayer is our access point. To God's power. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, he says, To rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered what God's will for your life is? This is it right here is that you would stay continuously connected in relationship with your Heavenly Father through prayer. This is God's heart for you. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says that one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And whenever we hear the words of Paul and we, 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 we see what Jesus had to say about prayer, we would all say that we want to be connected in relationship with our Heavenly Father at all times, but pray always. Continuously pray. How am I supposed to do that? Well, neither Paul nor Jesus are telling us that we need to be found at all times at the foot of our bed with our arms folded and our, and, and our, and our eyes closed. That's, that's not what they're saying. What they're encouraging us to do is to invite God into every aspect of our lives. 
into every relationship, into every situation, into every circumstance, into every decision, into every conversation, we need to invite God's presence into our lives of every single moment for every single day. Continuously connected in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus, in John chapter 15, he, he describes for us the type of relationship that he desires to have with us and that we need with him. And beginning in verse 4, he says this. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. We are to remain in, we were to remain in Christ, to remain in him. In some translations you may read, they may, it may use the word abide. That word abide and the word remain, they mean the same thing. It just means to stay with, to continue with, to dwell in, to rest in. Jesus is saying, if you want to be everything I've called you and created you to be, you have to remain in me, stay connected with me, dwell in me, rest into your relationship with me. I'll put it this way. Jesus wants you to rest into your relationship with him the same way that your dad or your granddad used to rest in that 1993 Lazy Boy recliner. Listen, some, if you're being honest, some of the men in this room still have that chair. You know the chair that I'm talking about. It's the chair that you've sat in so much that all of the padding is gone and you're just sitting on plywood at this point. And, and everybody in your house has told you to get rid of it countless times, but you can't bring yourself to do it because it's your favorite chair. And you sit in this chair every single day, every single morning, whenever you enjoy your cup of coffee. It's the chair that you sit in and that you sink into every afternoon whenever you come home from work. Listen, you have sat in this chair so much that your imprint of your body is left in this chair even after you've get, gotten up. It's like even if you're gone, you're still with us. And the new pants that you got for Christmas... Your wife and your kids, they got your measurements from your imprint in that chair. That's why they fit so good. But you have never missed a day of sitting in, sinking into, and resting in your favorite chair. This is the relationship that Jesus wants with you and with me. And every day, all day, rest in, remain in, stay with, continue with, dwell in me, remain in me type of relationship. Jesus is not interested in a Sunday relationship with you. Jesus is not interested in watching you walk into this room every single Sunday to engage with him in worship and prayer and in teaching only to watch you get up and walk out and leave him behind as you go into your week. That's not what his desire is for you. His desire is for a stay with, continue with, dwell in, rest in, remain in me type of relationship. And what Jesus wants you to know is that whenever you stay there, when you dwell there, when you live there, there is power there. And there is peace in that place. Church, there are miracles there. Remain in me continuously connected in relationship with your heavenly father. And prayer is our access point to God's power. And so today what I want to help us do is I want to help us make prayer a part of our everyday relationship with our heavenly father. I want to help us understand how we can create a lifestyle of prayer. Because here's what I know about prayer. 
Most of us in this room, if not everybody in this room, would say that prayer is important and prayer is powerful. We should pray. We know that we need to pray. But I would also be willing to bet that not everybody in this room would say that prayer is a part of your everyday relationship with your Heavenly Father. And so I want to share with you a few principles that will help you make prayer a part of your everyday so that you can have the relationship with God that he desperately wants to have with you so that in turn you can be connected with his power to accomplish everything he's called and created you to accomplish. And if we want to make prayer a part of our everyday relationship with God, one of the first principle that we have to understand around prayer is we have to understand the priority of prayer. The priority of prayer. And we all know what priorities are. Priorities are the things that we put first in our lives. And when it comes to prayer, prayer must be our first response and not our last resort. Because isn't that how we treat prayer oftentimes? Prayer is our last ditch effort, our 911 phone call. God, I've done everything I can do in my own strength and in my own wisdom. I guess it's up to you at this point. So many of us treat prayer that way, but what if our approach to prayer was instead when I wake up in the morning before I get my day started, before I reach to my phone, come on somebody, what if I prayed first? It might change what you look at on your phone. What if if in the evening, at night, before you lay down to go to sleep, before you close your eyes, what if you just pray first? Later this week, before you walk into that meeting with the boss you don't get along with, What if you just prayed first? Students, before you walk back into the hallways of your school later on this week, what if you prayed first? Come on, somebody. What if before you pulled onto Washington Road every morning, you prayed first? It might help. Either them or you. What if we prayed first? What if we put prayer in a place of priority in our life and we prayed first? And listen, you, you, pr- prayer should be a part of your day, all day, every day. But there is something very powerful about the first words out of your mouth being, God, before this day even begins, I give it to you. Because what you do first has the power to set the precedence for everything else that will follow. I'll say it this way. Prayer, or, or what you do first, has the power to bless the rest. It's, why the, it's one of the reasons why the early church moved the worship experience from the last day of the week, which was the Sabbath, to the first day of the week. For one reason, it was because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. So whenever they would gather together on the first day of the week, they were honoring the resurrection. They were commemorating the resurrection of Jesus on that day. But they also believed that whenever they would gather together on the first day of the week in worship, in teaching, and in prayer, it gave God the ability to bless everything else that would take place in their lives that week. What you do first sets the precedence for everything else that is to follow. And we should apply that same mentality, that same thought process to prayer. Putting prayer in a place of priority in our lives. And before I look to anything else or anyone else, God, I look to you. We see this in the life of Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, in the Old Testament, verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. 
Daniel had developed this lifestyle of prayer and it did not matter what was happening in his life. It did not matter what was happening around him. It didn't matter what decrees the land or the nation had, had, had put out or put forth. Daniel, just as he had, had done before, went to his room where the windows opened up toward the city of Jerusalem and he knelt down and he prayed three times a day like he had always done because he had put prayer and his relationship with the Lord as a priority, the top priority in his life. And this year, as we begin a brand new season of life, I want to encourage you to do the same. Put prayer in a, pro, in a position of priority in your life. Make an appointment with God every single day and keep it. Use your calendar. We use our calendars for everything else. We use our calendars to, for, for meetings and appointments and kids' ball games and practices. What if you made a calendar invite for your time with God and whenever that notification popped up, you just spent it with God? And if somebody reaches out and they want to schedule a meeting or a phone call or a coffee, you just tell them, I'm sorry, I already have an appointment scheduled for that time. Can we find another day? Can we find another time? You don't even have to tell them what the appointment was. Just make an appointment every single day with God and keep it. And watch what God will do in your life simply because you made time with him a priority in your life every single day. Priority of prayer. Another principle around prayer if it's going to be a part of our everyday life, is understanding the place of prayer. A place of prayer. Throughout Scripture, you'll, the Bible mentions multiple times that Jesus would go to certain places to pray. And if you're like me and you grew up in church, you might have even heard somebody talk about their prayer closet. I'm going to go into my prayer closet, and I always thought that was weird. You're just locking yourself in a dark room. That's, that's weird. But as I got older, I realized that people weren't actually talking about locking themselves into a closet. They were just talking about a place that they had designated where they would go and spend time with the Lord. Now, for some of you, it might actually be a closet. You might actually go into your bedroom and shut yourself in a closet, and you're just praying, and all around you, just shoes and shoes and more shoes. In Jesus' name, more shoes. Come on, somebody. Maybe that's you. Now, for me, I like a little more room. Because I like to walk around when I pray. I like to pace when I pray. I have worship music, play, I have worship music playing out loud. And, and, and I pray out loud. And everybody that I share an office with, they love it. And a lot of times whenever I'm prepping sermons and I preach my sermon in my office. And everybody I share an office with, they've heard this message three times before Sunday rolls around. But, but that's, that's just me. That's just me. But for some of you, it, 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 it might not be that. It might not be that. Jesus, again, he had these places where he would go and pray. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. A lot of scholars, they believe that whenever Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the night before he went to the cross, they believed that the garden of Get, that they believed that that wasn't the only time he prayed in the garden. They believed that the garden was a place of prayer that Jesus would often visit. And now I've never been to Israel and I've never seen the garden of Gethsemane and may, maybe you've made that trip with our church before and it's something that I certainly want to do at some point in my life but but I've seen pictures. And and, and, and from the Garden of Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives and the olive groves that are all around that area, there's a vantage point of the city of Jerusalem that's, that's pretty breathtaking. And I can just imagine Jesus early in the morning or late in the evening just kind of walking among the olive trees, just 
just looking at Jerusalem and just praying over the city that he loved and over the people that he had come to save. It's powerful. And so this year, in this new season of life, I want you to identify a place where you can go every single day to spend time with the Lord. For some of you, it might just be walking along the sidewalks in your neighborhood. For others of you, it might be the drive to work or maybe the drive to school. For me, it's in my office. Music playing, walking around, praying out loud, bothering everybody. For some of you, it might not even be a physical location. For some of you, maybe it's a place that you need to allow yourself to go in your mind and in your heart. But identify a place where you can get alone with God every single day. Third principle around prayer, if we're going to make it a part of our lifestyle, is is understanding the plan of prayer, having a plan of prayer. Anytime you want a meaningful relationship with anyone, that relationship will require intentionality. Great relationships require direction because without direction, you will end up in places in that relationship that you never intended to go. Have you ever ever been on a date and before you pulled out of the driveway, you looked at one another and you you asked this question, where do you want to go? I can almost guarantee you how that conversation went. Uh, A lot of back and forth, a lot of disagreeing, a lot of, I'll go anywhere. Well, how about here? Oh, not there. <laughs> so not anywhere. A lot of arguing maybe. One of you probably got out of the car and the date never even happened. And if the date did happen, I can guarantee you how the date actually went. And that's because great relationships. That, and listen, if that date and that relationship, if it's going to go the way you want it to go, the place of destination needs to be determined before you get into the vehicle because great relationships require direction and without direction, you end up in places you never meant to be. Listen to me, young people. Listen to me, older people. It requires intentionality. Requires direction. Jesus had a plan for prayer. Jesus had a plan for prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, it says that once Jesus was in a certain place praying, a place of prayer, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. And he went on to teach them what we now know as the Lord's Prayer. But when Jesus taught them this prayer, he wasn't teaching them what to pray as much as he was giving them a model for how they should pray or how they could pray. We need a plan for prayer. Every relationship requires intentionality. And so this year, like, I, listen, it requires intentionality. How many times have you gone into a time of prayer and without really much of a plan, and then about 90 seconds into prayer, your mind is everywhere else that it could possibly be except for prayer and except for your relationship with Jesus? Yeah, happens to me. Happens all the time. And it's because we have to go into prayer with a plan. And so this year, I want to encourage you, as you are planning your times of prayer and you're preparing for prayer, go into your times of prayer with some resources that can help you apply focus to your prayers. Write down a list of scripture that you can pray over your life and over the lives of other people. Write out a list of names 
that, that you can be praying over and write out a list of their needs so you can be specific in their prayers. Here at the church, we have prayer guides that we'll give you that will help you in your prayers. They'll teach you how to pray scripture. They'll teach you different models of prayer. And I'm telling you what God will do in your life and in your relationship with him because you applied intentional focus to your relationship with him. What he will do in your life will absolutely go beyond anything you can wrap your mind around in this moment. Great relationships require direction, and our relationship with the Lord is no different. Plan of prayer, places of prayer, priority of prayer, all of these are principles that we need to apply if it's going to be a part of our lifestyle. Now, the next principle in and around prayer is is the most important, and I believe has the power to change your life like, like the other three can't. And the last principle around prayer that we have to understand is the persons of prayer. The persons of prayer. And persons is pluralized because I'm talking about God in three persons. I'm talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And we have to understand our relationship with God, with the Son, and with the Spirit if we are going to have a meaningful relationship with God and with our Heavenly Father. Because, the Holy, because our relationship with them, our relationship with them determines everything. It determines everything. And we relate to each one of them differently, and we relate to each one of them differently in prayer. And whenever we understand our role and their differences in our lives, it adds significance to our relationship with them. And one of the, and one of the, one of, a really great description of the Trinity, of the Godhead, is found in a benediction that Paul used to conclude his letter to the Corinthian church. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, this is what Paul writes. He writes this as, he, as a closing prayer. He says, The amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ and the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. In this closing prayer, Paul introduces us to the Trinity. And he introduces us to them in the order in which we relate to them and their specific roles in our life. And the first thing that Paul writes, the first person that he introduces us to, he, goes, he says, the amazing grace of Jesus. And what Paul is telling us right here in this moment is that the first person that you need to know, you need to know who Jesus is. You need to know who Jesus is. Pastor Marty taught this to us a couple of weeks ago. And that's you need to know who Jesus is because Jesus is the one who is carrying your prayers to the Father. Jesus is the one who is interceding on our behalf. The Bible calls him our, our mediator, which means he stands between us and between God, and he's connecting us with God. Th- those of you that are my age or maybe close to my age, you, you'll, you'll understand this. It's like whenever we were in middle school and there was somebody in our class that we liked or we wanted to go with. I don't know why we ever said go with because we never went, went with them anywhere except the gym or maybe the cafeteria. You know, and that's, that's actually why middle schoolers smell like gym socks and tater tots. I told you, I don't make the rules. But, but you, like, whenever you like somebody in your class, you couldn't just tell them that you like them. That's not how that works. No, no, you would write a note to that person and then you would give it to your friend and then your friend would carry that note over to the person that you, would, that you liked. They would read the note and then they would give their response to your friend and your friend would carry it back to you. I know this may sound silly, but that's Jesus. Jesus is standing 
at the right hand of the Father and he's having a conversation with God about you. And do you want to know how the conversation is going? It's, it's something like this. F- Father, I, I, j- I just spoke to Will. And, and, and what he's going through right now, it, it's difficult. And he's hurting. And he needs you right now. And I, and, I, and I know it's painful and I know it hurts and I know he's struggling because I, I've been there and I've gone through all of the same things. And so, Father, would you, would you help him? You see, Jesus carries our hurts, carries our pain, he carries our struggles, he carries our sin to the Father. Hebrews chapter 4, the author says it like this in verses 15 and 16. He says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You see, whenever you go to Jesus... And you say, Jesus, I did it again. I messed up again. I'm struggling again. I sinned again. Jesus says, I know. I'm going to take it to the Father. And whenever you are weak, at that moment, my strength is going to come alive inside of you. And because of the amazing grace of Jesus, it leads us into the love of our Heavenly Father. Paul describes it this way, the amazing grace of Jesus and the extravagant love of God, the extravagant love of the Father. Psalm 103, verse 8 through 13 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. You see, God is a loving and a compassionate and a kind Father who wants nothing more than to pour out His love and His favor and His comfort and His blessing on His children who love Him. The amazing grace of Jesus, the extravagant love of the Father. Now, this third person of the Trinity is different than the first two. The Holy Spirit. And our relationship with the Holy Spirit is absolutely incredible, but so many of us never relate to the Holy Spirit in the way that God has intended, and that's because many of us, we don't ever pursue a relationship with the Holy Spirit or strive to understand who He is or what His role in our life actually is. So many of us, our approach to the Holy Spirit is more like, what's up with this ghost? This Holy Ghost. I don't know if I want to relate to a ghost. Can I just relate to the first two and not worry about the ghost? 
And if that's you, I would tell you that you're missing out on something that has the power to change your life like nothing else ever could. We need an accurate view of the Holy Spirit and what his role in our life actually is. And it will awaken you. And it will give you access to a relationship with God that you've never known. And so for the sake of time, and for the sake of simplicity, I just want to give you a really basic and simple understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what his role in our life actually is. And this is a very simple explanation. But the role of the Holy Spirit in your life is, is simply this. When the prayer meeting is over and you are done with your prayer time, the Holy Spirit goes with you. That's it. That's what he does. When the prayer meeting is over, when your prayer time is over, Jesus, thank you for your grace, your amazing grace. Heavenly Father, thank you for your extravagant love and for loving me the way that you do. The Holy Spirit is the one who fills you and clothes you in power and enables you and empowers you to do everything else that you never thought you could. The Holy Spirit, he is a power that lives inside of you that is greater than yourself. And where you are weak, the Holy Spirit gives you the strength of God inside of you to help you overcome. And to help you be the person God's called you to be and to help you accomplish the things that God has called you. And he will go with you the same way a friend will go with you. Pastor Marty has taught this. It's why Paul refers to it as the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Marty has taught us this. That the word for the Holy Spirit in the Greek language is the word parakletos, which literally translated means the one who is called to be by your side always. Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit goes with you to encourage you, to help you, to guide you, to convict you, and to empower you to live the life that God is calling you to live. Paul prayed in 2 Corinthians 13, the amazing grace of Jesus, meaning you can't go anywhere until you first go to the foot of the cross and you recognize that Jesus gave his life for you on that cross and paid for your sins and carries them to the Father. And whenever you get to the Father, there's no hurt, there's no pain, there's no rejection. It's just the extravagant love of a Father. And He wants nothing more than just to pour out His favor and His blessing upon us children. It's the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit who will fill you and clothe you in power and go with you as you live the life that God's called you to live. You know, and that's my prayer for you today. For everyone at South and for everyone at Grovetown, this is my prayer for you. May the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, in the extravagant love of God the Father, in the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit, be with all of us. Amen? Amen. I do want to close today with a time of prayer. Praying specifically over you. 
these, these principles around prayer that we talked about today, the priority of prayer and the place of prayer, plan of prayer and the persons of prayer. Because here's what I know. I know that there are people in this room that you have given your life to Jesus. But over the course of the last couple of months or the last year, there have been some things that have happened in your life that aren't your fault, quite possibly. Maybe they are your fault. But it's caused you to take your relationship with with your heavenly father and remove it from the top place and the top priority in your life and you've put it on a shelf somewhere. And in the name of Jesus, today is the day where you place your relationship with your heavenly father back in his proper place as the top priority in your life and you will invest in that relationship and everything else in your life will flow out of that relationship. Today is the day that you do that. For others of you, just a place of prayer. I talked about physical locations, identifying a place where you go and pray, but I specifically want to pray for the people in the room today where that place of prayer for you, it's a place that you need to go in your mind and in your heart because there have been some things that you've allowed to crowd out your relationship with the Lord. And in place of the Lord being the king of your heart, you've allowed some things like bitterness or some unforgiveness to settle there. Maybe you've allowed insecurity to take root. Maybe some anxiety, maybe depression. And it's crowding God out of the hidden places in your life that nobody else can see, that nobody else knows about but you. But today, in Jesus' name, he is going to set you free and he is going to take his place as the rightful king of your heart and he's going to reestablish himself as the king of your mind and the king of your thoughts and we pray against insecurity, we pray against bitterness, we pray against depression and anxiety in Jesus' name and he will set you free today if you ask him. And then the plan of prayer. Listen, we're heading into a brand new year. And all of us have plans and we've got goals and we've got agendas. And listen, set goals, make plans, put together an agenda by all means. But it's going to be my prayer that as you do that, you will submit and surrender your plans to the Lord in an effort to make them, make sure that they align with his purpose and his plan. And as you move into a brand new year, I pray that everything you do, you do an effort to glorify his name in your life. And then lastly, the persons of prayer. And this is the prayer we're going to pray first. The persons of prayer. And this, I'm going to pray this first because you can't go anywhere until you first go to Jesus. And there are those of you in the room that you have never given your life to Jesus. You have never begun a relationship with Jesus. And you've never experienced the amazing grace and the forgiveness that comes through placing your faith in Christ. You've never experienced the love of the Father and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. And I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you begin that relationship with Christ today. And as we prepare to pray, I I, I want to pray over everyone here at the Augusta campus. And and, and I'm going to ask our pastors at, at our South Campus and our Grovetown Campus to come forward and take the stage. And Pastor Caleb, I want you to pray over the people, specifically these prayers at our South Augusta Campus. And, and Pastor Steve, I want you to pray these specific prayers over the people at the Grovetown Campus. 
I just want to be specific in this moment that we're praying specifically for the people at our campuses. So this moment, are, are you ready to pray? South Augusta, are you ready to pray? Grovetown, are you ready to pray? Well, this time I want to invite you guys to stand with me as we pray. And Pastor Caleb, Pastor Steve, in this moment, you can, take, you can come and take, uh, take place on stage and pray for your campuses at this moment. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you right now. God, grateful for the opportunity to gather together as your church, lifting up the name of Jesus, Father. And we thank you for the year that we've had, for the blessings. God, and help us to know, God, that you're working everything out for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. God, and as we begin a brand new year and a brand new season of life, Father, we pray that you will move in our lives and help us to be and become and accomplish everything that you've set us out to accomplish. And God, today I pray right now for everyone in this room who does not have a relationship with you. They've never experienced the amazing grace of Jesus and the love of the Father and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. If that's you in this place today, every, every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you in this place today and you have, you have never you have never prayed a prayer that helps you begin a relationship with Jesus. And today is the day that you want to begin a relationship with Jesus and place your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins. If that's you, I just want to lead you in a prayer. In fact, I want everybody in the room to pray this out loud with me so that these people that are praying this for the first time don't feel like they're praying by themselves. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I place my faith in him today. Forgive me of my sin and create a new life in me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Now every head bowed, every eye closed. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, would you let me know just by slipping your hand up? Yeah. Amen. Amen. You don't have to keep it up. Amen. Thank you for changing lives today, Jesus. For saving people and setting people free. Now, for those of you in the room, you would say, I've got a relationship with Jesus, but he, but he has not been, my relationship with him has not been the top priority in my life. And today I want to make that change. I want to pray over you today. Heavenly Father, I pray for everyone in this room that has a relationship with you, but a series of circumstances that, that, are, that are not their fault, or maybe they are their fault. It doesn't matter, Father, but their relationship with you has been removed from the top priority in their life, and they've put it on a shelf. Today, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that they will reestablish you as the leader of their life, as the Lord of their life, and that they would submit their lives to you once again and that everything else in their life would flow out of their relationship with you. And God, and as they do that, you will set their life on a trajectory that goes beyond anything that they could accomplish on their own. And for those of you in the room that for a place of prayer, you you have allowed the hidden places of your life, in your heart and in your mind, you've allowed some things to take root in your heart that have crowded out your relationship with Jesus. 
I'm going to pray. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that, the, that Christ would re, re, reestablish himself as the leader and as the king of your heart. And in the name of Jesus, everything that you have, that you have put in there, everything that's taken root in your heart, depression, anxiety, bitterness, unforgiveness, anxiety, d- depression, addiction, whatever it is, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would break those chains. And Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name that you would reestablish yourself as the king of their heart and the Lord of their minds. Pray, Father, that you would give them the ability to take every thought captive and make it obedient to you and to your word. And Father, as we close out our time together and as we prepare to step into a brand new year, Father, we pray as we make plans and we set agendas and we set goals, we pray, Father, that we would all submit our plans and surrender our plans to you, asking you, Father, to be the Lord of everything that we do. God, we surrender our plans And we work to align them with your purpose and with your plan and with everything that we do, everything that we say. Father, may we do it in an effort to bring you glory and to make your name famous and to spread the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone we come in contact with. We pray all of these things in the strong name of Jesus and everybody in the room said, I mean, can we put our hands together for what God has done, for what he's doing? We put our hands together for everybody that made a decision to follow Jesus today. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here, for being part of our service as we're closing out this year and beginning a new one. It's our prayer that God would go with you and that he would bless you throughout the week. And we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Take care and happy new year. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the give button. See you next time.